First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 656 of First Class Fatherhood, a family-made media podcast. And I am really excited to welcome today's guest to the podcast. Derek Hayes will be here with me in a few minutes. Derek Hayes is an entrepreneur who founded Big Dave's Cheesesteaks. His story is so inspirational. He comes uh, from very humble beginnings. He started his life headed in the wrong direction. He got himself in trouble with the law. He faced many challenges growing up. He has turned his life completely around and started a small restaurant at a gas station, which has now turned into a multi-million dollar business. Big Dave's Cheesesteaks has locations all over Atlanta, including in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Atlanta Falcons are playing. He's been featured in Forbes magazine. He has one of the fastest growing businesses in Atlanta. And Derek Hayes has one of the top 10 ranked sandwiches in the world by World Food Champions. There is no doubt that Derek Hayes is going to touch so many lives. His story, as I said, is very inspirational. I love this guy's hustle. I love his philosophy. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Derek Hayes is going to be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Derek Hayes was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. If you'd like to watch today's conversation between the Big Dave's Cheesesteak founder and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys are fans of NASCAR, Joey Logano won the NASCAR championship race yesterday. He is the Cup Series champion. I had the honor of having Joey Logano right here on the podcast. So I encourage if you guys are fans of NASCAR, this year's 2022 NASCAR champion, Joey Logano, joined me on the podcast. Interview is available in the archives. Go check it out. All right, and we are turning the tables towards the holiday season. I know everyone is going to be wanting to get their Christmas shopping done early as possible, and you definitely want to try to save some green this year. And right now at my pillow, they are overstocked with supplies. You can use the promo code FATHERHOOD and save up to 66% off at MyPillow.com. Right now, you can get $90 off of the slippers. The six-piece towel set is the lowest price it has ever been. The MyPillow itself is the lowest price it's ever been. You guys have heard me talk about the mattress topper. It's my favorite item from MyPillow. They got all great products, all made in America. You got to go check them out. MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. You're going to save up to 66% on your order, and you can knock out so many people on your Christmas list. Get it done early. MyPillow.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. All right, and we know tomorrow is election day. It's a big one. It's the midterms. A lot of talk about all the issues, especially the ones that are facing us parents out here. I am going to have with me tomorrow Senator Ted Cruz joining me on First Class Fatherhood to talk all about the issues as they pertain to parents with this coming election. We're going to cover all that stuff and so much more. I hope you'll tune in for that. And then we turn our attention, as we know, to Veterans Day. Wednesday on the podcast, I'm going to have the honor of being joined by Gold Star Father George Monsoor. George's son, Mike Monsoor, was a United States Navy SEAL who received the Medal of Honor posthumously after jumping on a grenade to save his teammates in Iraq. And then on Veterans Day on Friday, I'll be joined here by Travis Mills, an Army veteran who is a quadruple amputee. He lost both his arms and his legs 
in an explosion in Afghanistan. He's going to talk to us about that and so much more. So a lot of great stuff coming your way here. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. And as always, guys, please let me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You know it. Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. And here comes straight up my interview with Derek Hayes, the founder of Big Dave's Cheesesteaks on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Derek Hayes. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate you for having me. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Um, I have four kids. I have three girls, and I just had my little my little king, man. You know, it's been a long journey from being able to get a boy, and I finally got my boy to leave my legacy to, so it feels good. So now my three queens got a king. Yeah, that's awesome. I had it actually the reverse of you. I had my three boys first and then got my uh, princess here on the on the fourth try. We got uh, we got our girl on the fourth try. Long journey to get her, but we finally got her and she runs the show now over here. Congratulations, man. I know the feeling because, you know, when you know, we all love our kids and whatever way they come, we appreciate it. But, you know, when we get that one that we miss them. It's a privilege. You know, we thank them for it. <laughs> Yeah, there's no doubt about that. If you could, Derek, please take a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Um, so my name is uh, Derek Hayes. I'm CEO and founder of the world-famous Big Dave Cheesesteaks in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm from West Philadelphia, born and raised just like Will Smith. I graduated from Oldbrook High School, same school as Will Smith, Will Smith and Will Chamberlain. Um, in 2009, um, I lost my father to lung cancer. In 2014, I dedicated um, my business to him. And now today, you know, me starting this cheesesteak empire in the South, I was the first to ever take it out the tri-state and get respected like it was inside of Philadelphia. And now it's nationally known. Um, I just now uh, opened up um, my second uh, brick and mortar location inside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I just got offered my third location the other day. Um, it's just been amazing. But my journey really started from me just in this little shell gas station in 2014 when nobody knew what a cheesesteak was or water ice was that I was selling. Um, I worked my way out of there um, 2018. I was ranked top 10 in the world in sandwiches. And then I opened my landmark location, which is downtown Atlanta. And it's been up from here. Um, we are a community-based company. Um, we, we really go hard for the people who um, help us at this point. So community is everything for us. So I would say a Big Dave's was a, a restaurant that would be falling short. We're more of a cultural changing system that helps environments that people that feel like they're stuck or people that look just like me in the communities that's not being served, and we come to serve those communities. Yeah, awesome, Derek. I, I love your story. I, I love the hustle. It's definitely inspiring to so many people out there to see that, you know, hard work uh, pays off in a lot of ways. So it's awesome to see what you've done. If you could then take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then. Uh, where were you at when, as far as the big days, the whole bit? Like about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on life? Um, I was uh, actually 26 years old, so I was still um, pretty much a young kid trying to figure things out. Um, I was getting over an injury um, when I had my first my first daughter. And to be honest, my business has matured me in so many ways because I wanted to leave, you know, my kids a legacy. I wanted to make changes for them. I wanted them to have resources that I didn't have because that's what it's really about. You know, people say, you know, they want to leave it. They want to leave their kids money. They want to leave them opportunity. But the resources are stronger than anything, because if you train your kid right, 
when they get older, the connections and the resources will keep them going to, to help the generational uh, chain keep being broken. But if you just leave your kids money um, with no with no background of education to be able to sustain that, you know, that's kind of like putting them in a booby trap because that's like if you carry on the next generation of money and you don't know what to do with it, you're going to exhaust all of it and then you just broke you know chains and chains of generational curses that could have been you know helped along the way if you did it the right way so with big days when i had my firstborn, it was a little tough because i was trying to battle being a father and i wanted to battle you know being in a restaurant tour but i knew that i can do both i just had to leverage it because if i'm at home every day i can't take care of my daughter but if i'm at work i can i can now start you know changing the pathways of my lifestyle to be able to help her lifestyle and, you know, that's how it happened for me. And then I wound up having my second daughter and um, my Diella, which is my last daughter, um, me and Pinky have together. And she is uh, a very special character. Like she's she's uh, she has both of our blood in her, you can tell, because she's very outspoken. Um, and a lot of my kids in, 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 in a lot of different ways, they have their own gifts. So now I'm just trying to attack their gifts and give them a chance early on so that they can show the world who they are when they get my age. Yeah, it's so cool to hear you say that uh, about, you know, the person that you become in the process of making the money is more important than the money itself. A lot of people think it's just the money. If they had the money, everything would change. But it's once you change, the money will come. And it's like I've heard it said you could take all the money in the world, divide it up equally amongst everybody. And within a short amount of time, it'll all end up right back in the same pockets because it's who you become in the journey and the process of making that money. And just like you said, what, what that legacy is that you're now leaving behind is more than just, uh, you know, dollar bills. And, and, and let alone, you know, you're in a very difficult space, too. The sandwich business isn't is something to easily take on. It can be very intimidating. There's a lot of competition. Uh, so to be able to do what you've done, uh, really, really remarkable, Derek. Nah, thank you. And, and, and the other thing, too, is I wanted to stand apart. I didn't want to look like everybody else with um, a restaurant. Um, I wanted to build something that was going to change the ecosystems around the country, you know, because it's some good people out here in the world and they just never had the opportunity to show it. It's some good people that's in the world who had the opportunity to show it, who may have made a mistake and need another opportunity. So we provide both of those characters, you know, for, for Big Dave Cheesesteaks because I come from a lower income community. I come from, you know, thirty, forty $40,000 household income. And now that I built a multi-million dollar company from not having a college education and just making it out of high school, I now have to embed that into my children so that they know how special it is, for one, to have a father who pitted things together for them the right way, but then for two, the opportunity and the resources that's going to come behind it because I'm a connection builder. I'm like a really relationship guy. So I'll tell anybody any day of the week, I'll take a, a good relationship over money any day of the week because money is currency. It's a piece of paper that's going to be spent, but a relationship can keep being repeated on and repeated on that can help you later on in life that keep you leveraged. You might have a friend right now that may be in a jam that you help out and later on you may need him. Money can't do that. Money can't show you a return on a relationship. It can show you a return on an insight of what's in your bank account, how much is growing, but it can't be tangible to you. A relationship can be tangible, more tangible to you because it's more meaningful. It's, it's a heart there. It's a human there that's helping you exploit what's going on with your life. And, that, you know, that can talk to you back. Money can, can't talk to you back. So I tell people all the time, I'll take money over the relationship. And that's the way I'm building. Um, I'm, I'll take the relationship over money because that's the way I'm building my kids. But 
all in all, this whole journey for me has been really amazing because I watched my father take his last breath in front of my face. And the things I promised my dad before he left here, I'm showing the world right now that I didn't give up, that I stayed down with my 10 toes to the ground like I promised him. And now the world is streaming Big Dave cheesesteaks. And every time I hear it, it feels real good to me because I honored it to my father and now my kids get to see it growing up. It's not a better feeling. Incredible stuff, Derek. Yeah, that definitely have that millionaire mindset. You know, I heard her say, if you get a million dollars, you better become a millionaire so you get to keep the money. And what you're doing, your testimony of what it means to so many other people, like you say, coming from the lower income community, saying, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And sometimes that testimony alone is, is enough to inspire the next guy to give it a shot. Say, hey, if Derek can do it, why can't I do exactly. it? And that's exactly. And that's what you're offering. So really props to you. And, and like you, I, I lost my I lost both my parents before I became a father myself. Um, and, and I understand a little bit about that. And one thing I talk about, especially for, for the younger kids, is like the, we, we have a fatherless crisis in our country right now with so many kids growing up without a father, without that father figure. And it has such a devastating impact on our society and on our community. I think if we can get more dads back into the home, I think a lot of these problems would start to go away. What's yeah, your take? I mean, I mean, that's the reason why... Um, Pinky and myself, uh, we started the life insurance campaign because it was so important that it's so many young African-American men out here that don't have life insurance and don't know the Bible of it. So, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, life insurance is just about life and death. We're teaching financial literacy. It's PTSD programs in this, helping wellness, yoga. You know, it's so many things that we go through growing up to be an adult in America. We go through so many traumatic situations that we carry these things as kids. It could be something that happened to you when you was nine years old that was very traumatic to your life, but you can't let it go, you know, even when you're an adult because it now, it, it now affected everything you have going around you, whether you've seen somebody, you know, um, get, get harmed or something was harmed doing to you. I think those things mean the most. So this life insurance campaign is if you got $30,000 less than income, uh, Prudential partner up with us and we give you full life insurance for a year with nothing coming from us because we understand the communities that we come from, we had to watch fish fries, uh, people raise money through GoFundMes or if they got a loved one that actually had a capital to bury them, but we all know that it's a burden if someone passes away in your family and you have to put them in the ground because it's a financial burden that you have to do to, to be able to do it. So why not have life insurance to sustain all those things so that you can take care of your kids, you know, your loved ones around you when you're dead and gone. Because the whole thing is, is like I said before, it's not about the green. It's not about the currency. It's about the resources for it. So if you put the resources out there to say, okay, I'm covered in life insurance. I have this now policy left to my kids. You can have a kid right now that was 11, 12 years old, but when you're 18, be set for your life insurance if you're no longer here with, with a way to start their life over through you not being on earth. I was always told this, a man is taking care of your kids from the coffin. If you can take care of your kids from the coffin, you're a man, you set up your, your life the right way. Because when you got the breath in your body and the, and the air you're breathing, you need to be setting up things for your loved ones and your kids while you're still here because everybody is a vessel. We are brought in this world for a short period of time to make a big impact so the next generation can carry that. And that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, really great stuff, Derek. I, lo I, I love all of that. And I know it takes a certain level of maturity, too, to be able to get into a place to be able to plan for the future in that kind of way. 
Uh, I know just from going through the life insurance policy myself and my wife, you know, it, it, some of those conversations become difficult, yeah. but they're, they're necessary, you know, and it's definitely a part of, of thinking ahead on different. your own mortality. Yeah, no doubt. How about bringing it back into you as a dad here then, Derek? How about as far as discipline goes? What type of disciplinarian? Or, I mean, listen, my girl is my only one. My discipline style is a little bit different than it is with my boy. So what kind of discipline, uh, Arian, are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Um, well, it's definitely different than I grew up with because when I was growing up, things were more, uh, I would say, blue collar. <laughs> things, <laughs> things were more, you know, blue collar controlled to... You know, I want to be I want to be loved as a parent and not fair. So, you know, some people, you know, they want to have that authority on their kids where they're scared to make a mistake because they, you know, they fear the, the father or they fear the mother. So what I'm building is I'm building love. I want to be so open with my girls that when they get in you know, school and they get their first boyfriend, they can sit down and have a real conversation with dad. And same thing, you know, my son, he get his first girlfriend. He can have a conversation with dad. But right now. We're, me and Pinky, we're both pitting in the business mindsets in our kids early um, because it's very important for your kid to understand the do's and the don'ts in a different way, like the life aspects. Like, of course, we have young children, and my youngest, right, my oldest is eight years old. So my eight-year-old, Dallas, she can get on the computer. She know, you know, the right from wrong things. But now I'm teaching her credit cards, you know, interest rates, you know, all these things are important because they're not going to learn in school. Those are the things that I'm trying to do with my kids versus me just giving them every single thing. Now, yeah, it's hard to say no to girls when they're in the store, you know, and they want something. I'll be like, you know, I can tell, you know, my lady, oh, I'm not getting them that, but I wind up buying it. I don't buy it to spoil them. I buy it because I never had some of the things that I can get them and they can have it, but I make them understand that it's a privilege to have it and I just... You know, we all just spend the money you get what you want because in life you have to have a connection with your kids. And my connection with them is on Sundays we go fishing. My dad took me fishing on Sundays. I take my kids fishing on Sundays. You have to find a point that you can connect to your children differently from being in the household. So if things start running rough around the household, we can go fishing. I can get my connection back to my kids that way because they used to doing that with me. And that's the way I'm going to continue to raise them to understand that you treat humans respectfully. You get respect and you love and you don't need to be feared because you're going to make it farther in life being loved and fair any day of the week. Yeah, very well said, Derek. And it, it's so true. And I don't, I still don't understand the why we are not teaching financial literacy, even at the grade school level. Like it should be introduced. Yeah. It's so, so important in what they're going to do, especially today where all the knowledge that you really want as far as history or all these things, you can get them available at your fingertips, but you can't learn uh, th that mindset, that money-making mindset that, that it's going to take. And we're all going to be faced with paying bills and have to deal with taking out loans and paying interest. And we, we're all going to have to try to, we all just kind of figure that out yeah. on our own. We're never told how to do it. To speak to your point, the next thing is, is that is a, that's very, very important is we have to teach our kids a bottom line. So this is the thing in business. You know how you got your bottom lines before you see your profits. So in life, if a human learn their bottom line, they now know how to control that. Their assets, everything with financial literacy that they need to know. Because I tell my team this all the time: How can you save money when you don't know your own life's bottom line? What is your point where you say, "I'm not spending anymore because I'm saving"? So when I get to this mark, I'm not going under that. So we have to figure out what our bottom line is. And I'm teaching my kids to follow out 
that bottom line early because no, and, and for them, this is a little differently. I'm not teaching them, so okay, this is how much money you need to have. No, I'm teaching them principles of the resources and the actual interest rates of uh, credit cards and everything like that. No, they may not all fully understand it right now, but it's like if you're teaching a kid ABCs, they'll eventually start saying ABC. If you keep saying ABC, so if you keep putting this into them as they get older, Financial literacy will be a game to them. It will be something they're intrigued by. They will want to be involved in being financially liter- you know, literate so that they are illiterate in what they're learning in life. Yeah, and, because, and so many people, Derek, just go along with the, you know, I'll just take it as it comes. I don't know where, where all the money goes. And if you have that kind of mindset, uh, it's no surprising that you're walking around with pennies in the pocket. And there's some good books, too, like uh, The Richest Man in Babylon is one that I gave to, like, my older kids once they hit high school. And just to kind of introduce them to some some of those philosophies, uh, which they're going to encounter. And I know one of the things that's, that's uh, a lot of dads struggle with, I'm curious to get your take on this, is, you know, a lot of dads ended up stuck in a job that they don't want to be working in because they took the job for whatever reason. And now they would like to pursue uh, an entrepreneurial path, start a business leave a legacy of their own but they feel like they're stuck because if they take that chance uh they may fail their family and be able to provide for them so what kind of advice do you have for a dad that's stuck in a job he hates but would love to pursue uh an entrepreneurial path and start a business i love this question right here because i talk about this all the time i'm actually writing a book right now um it's coming out in january and it's solely about them that the american who had a dream, may have had a kid and had to alter that dream to get a job so they can take care of their family. This book is going to bring them back to life and make them continue their career path and don't give up. So here's my take on this. Um, as a man, you have to take care of your family by any means. And by any means necessary, you have to take care of your family. But um, if you harbor a job that you don't like or you have a career that you're putting up with for cash, you will never be happy and you will never be able to have the input on your kids the way you want to because you're not having an input on your own self. So how can you teach anything if you're in something that you're not happy with? That's number one. Number number two is in a career path is up with, is up to what you make it. Either you a jump off the cliff type of person or you play a safe. For me, I had that problem because I knew that I wanted to be my own boss and I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to create generational wealth for my family. So when I had my first daughter, I was never thinking about going to go back to work at nine to five again. And let's be clear, there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five. But in my life, I wanted to have a control so that my kids, when they get older, they don't have to go out and try to find work or try to find resources because I'm building it inside our own four walls, just like a restaurant business. Everything will be tangible to my kids that they can understand that, okay, daddy built this, let's keep the legacy going versus I got to go you know, get a job out of college where I go $200,000 in debt and I'm in financial aid and I got to figure out life, uh, whether I go to, you know, to school to be a lawyer, social worker, anything. But if you look at it, it's about 60 to 70% of people who go to school for something that they don't wind up doing that career. So I tell people any day of the week, a trade is just as better than going to college because you can jump into something and make $70,000 starting out versus you trying to figure out a career path going to a four-year university to get a degree that honestly really don't mean too much in this world that we're living in today. So I'm teaching my kids a different way early so that they understand that. And no, I'm not going to steer my kids from college. I'm going to tell them it's very important to go to college to get an education. But they'll have an opportunity to say, Dad, I want to do college. Or I want to work in the company and pick up a trade and we can keep on going that way. So for me, that that's the mission I have for my stuff for my kids. 
Yep, man, I love that. I couldn't agree with you more because uh, one of the part-time jobs I've always done as a hustle is drive a, drive a taxi, which then turned into Uber and stuff. And I would hear from so many of the young guys that are in college, just got out of college, and they would talk about, you know, what what'd you go to school for? And it was some kind of like philosophy or uh, psychology or something. Yeah. Well, is that what you do now? No, I'm a retail guy over at uh, Macy's. It's like they're, they're, we're, we're throwing the money away and we don't have anything to show for it. Just like you. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a railroad mechanic. That's what I do full time. And I, I learned those. I learned, My dad did that. Wow. So yeah, that's it. I've been doing it. How long I've been doing, doing it for 23 years. So that's my, that's my main gig. And and uh, I learned the, the, the just the simple skills, mechanical skills at a young age. And it was just from learning those was able to provide me uh, income. And then now we'll be able to have a family in the whole bit. So you're right on. I, I think so many people avoid the trades that are always going to be there and they're always going to be necessary. And you could start there and then even get into the business part of it later on, uh, get the degree in business, open up your business in the trade, whether that's plumbing, carpentry, whatever it may be, the opportunity opportunities are there once you gain those skill sets yeah because you gotta look at it this way it's like if you if you're trying to be a professional basketball player um i believe it's like 400 people out of thousands millions millions and millions of people that's going to actually make it pro so when you go to college and you go to be just say if you you practice in law you go to be a lawyer it's a whole bunch of lawyers out here already established so you go in as uh, uh, under uh, under law or paralegal walking in, right? And then you wait, you know, these years to prove yourself to you saying, okay, I can go now purchase the building and I can hire some lawyers and have a law firm. That's how I think. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about controlling the whole dynamic versus working in the dynamic. So that's the entrepreneur inside myself and that's what I'm building for my kids. The thought process is so real because listen, you can have a poor bank account, right? But when your mind is rich, you will never be broke because your education level will always take you to another level that you want to be at in life. So if I now have a, I can have zero in the bank and I have a multi-million dollar mindset, I'm going to eventually be a multi-millionaire. And that's what happened for me because it's like this. I'm never going to stop thinking about how to intrigue the world the way and I want it to be given. You get what I'm saying? So if I'm now going out and say, okay, you got this kid that went to college. He now, um, just say if a kid went to college right now to be an accountant. And he gets to that point, and now he's working inside a, a, a company, and now he's a bookkeeper. It's two different things. So he actually went to school to be an accountant, but he had to take to be a bookkeeper because the accounting job wasn't available. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to start the accounting company, and I'm going to get the people to work under me to be able to build the firm. And I don't have to know too much about accounting because they're going to teach me. As long as I know entrepreneurship and how to run a business, I can run any business in the world. And that's what people fail to realize. You don't have to be skilled to be able to be advantaged. You have to listen and understand the mission to grow to the next level. And that's how you win. You don't have to have all the skill sets and pieces you need right then and there. You hire that. You put yourself around people that's smarter than you so that you can learn from them and they'll get you a PhD faster than the school would. Man, it's amazing how many lives you're going to touch, Derek, because what you're saying is so important. And it all starts in the mind. It's all mindset. And I know it was, I think Zig Ziglar used to say, you got stinking thinking. And so many people have that. They have that that poor mindset and it produces poor results. But to see somebody like you come from where they come from, uh, live in a low-income housing, be able to become a multimillionaire. I think, man, I, I can't wait for your book to come out. I, I just, uh, I think I it's amazing what you're doing. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to really touch a lot of people because 
for me, honestly, I really care about people. Like, as I became a, um, an older adult, when I, I, I would say big days matured me in so many ways because I started seeing so many different personalities through this business. And the main thing I see with this business is people don't have faith in themselves or the patience to be what they want to be. So I tell people all the time, life is not a track meet. It's a marathon. It's all about how you end your race. You don't have to finish first. You can finish last, but just finish the race. Get some data on yourself so that you know that you gave it your all so that in the end of your days, you can say, I did this. Look, you got people right now that helped Michael Jordan in his training to be Michael Jordan. Without them training him to be Michael Jordan, he wouldn't have the body to be in the NBA all those years to beat Michael Jordan and win championships. So all the people that, you know, want to be on the front street, sometimes you just need to get on the right boat and help grow so that you can build your career and understand who you are. We're built to be vessels. It's all about how you want to be a vessel to the world. You don't have to be the guy on the front street that, you know, that has all the popularity and the fame. But you can be the guy that's a part of the board that's helping the company or helping the mission, you know, succeed. And a lot of people, you know, we don't understand that, especially my people, because we are so stuck in this thing that we want to win so bad that we don't understand that we win together. We'll win a lot bigger because African-Americans have some of the biggest influence in the world with only about 13 percent in population in the whole world. And we have so much influence. But we have so lack of resources. But now it's people like me and other people who's getting a voice, who's getting resources. Now we got to just listen on how we can attack. And that goes for any culture and any race. We just all have to come together and really make sense of all this thing because we live in a world now that we only remember what was right now and not yesterday. So that question you asked me earlier, you said, how would I raise my kids? You know, what I think about that is that we live in a world that is selfish. What I mean by that is that the world is so selfish that we're on our own time that we don't even see the outside world that people need help with. So I'm going to continue to build my company up so that we can keep that old school love feeling in it that we used to live in in the 80s and 90s and bring that and keep rolling that in the 2000s because that's what's going to keep people around. That's what's going to keep people happy. And that's what's going to keep paying, um, paying attention to the culture changes that we're, you know, we're putting out. Yeah, right on with that, Derek. And you're right. I mean, right now we live in the instant gratification world more so than ever, especially the youth. They are bombarded with just social media stuff and everything is right now. And it's not the long process. Put in the work. And like you say, go for the marathon, not the sprint. Everybody today, if it doesn't happen today, they don't want it. They have that mindset of it. So uh, that's why to be able to see somebody that can show you, hey, look, this is what I did. Leave the blueprint behind. You follow some of these steps. You'll be where I am. So that's why, um, again, love what you're doing. We really respect the hustle. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Derek, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Um, for the new father, um, I would tell a new father, life is unexpected. That We probably was brought in the world unexpectedly. You know, everything is unexpectedly, but you have to figure out what your what is your pivot? What is your way that you're going to change your life for the person that you bring in the world? And the way I say that is you have to really learn your bottom line. I want to put that out there to people and really understand that because if you don't learn finances yourself, you can never teach that in the household. And if your kids see you struggle your whole life, they will eventually 
either get discouraged in their own life or they want to go off and try to do it hard for you to be something that you wasn't. But what's going to feel better if you can now change the trajectory and say, I'm something and I can now pass the ball for my kids to be something. So the advice I would give them most importantly is pay attention to your child, learn who they are and pay attention to yourself and learn who you are so that you can connect with them. And financially, go out there and go get the job you want and not you need. That's the difference. Go get the job you want and not the job you need. It's two different things. The job you want is going to change everything for you. And the job you need is going to help you progress in life further and further and further than you can ever imagine in life because you're going to be the pastor for time to your kid. You could have been the, like for me, I used to work at the postal service. I was a mail handler. I did it for four years, right? So in my career path, I was thinking I was going to be working for the government my whole life because I was young age. I was making good money, had full benefits. That's the American dream. That's what they tell you, right? But God had a different calling for me because in 2009, I got hurt where I was disabled for over five years. And when I woke up out of that disability, guess what I said? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to go out there and make changes. I'm going to go out there and tell my story. I'm going to let people know how important it is to hear somebody come from nothing and control their dignity and their dynasty. And you can do it, too. It's nothing more powerful than seeing that than somebody telling them that. No, they can physically see it with their own eyes on social media. They can see it in the media and they can see it in their face every single day. That is a young cat, black kid with over 40 tattoos on his body that built a multi-million dollar company that been in the Forbes list and have been on the cover of Essence that have been in damn near every publication it is. And I'm very humbled to say that, but off of my hard work and my kids will see that. So as a man, you want your kids to see your trophies. You want them to see your flowers growing up so they can get their own when they grow up. So we have to be role models to our kids. We have to be fathers to our kids. We have to be bosses to our kids. And we have to make them understand the most thing of it all. Life is not promised. And we have to take every opportunity that's given as a sacrifice that we never had because we all come from nothing. Man, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Derek Hayes, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes thank of your time so here much. on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Have a good one. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.